worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with, to begin with, in the Word of God, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. End of Psalm 23. Then looking in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 12. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. Verses 1 through 12, Hebrews chapter 
11. Lord, thank you once again for your word, the power, the grace that rests upon your word. And thank you, Lord, for the truth that your word is many things. Your word is you. And also your word is a book of faith. Thank you, Lord, for how that daily we can build and strengthen our faith and nourish our faith as we read and meditate on your precious and powerful word. Help us to be wise enough to daily do just that, to live a life where we're daily strengthening our faith as well as putting it to work in our lives. Help us to grow an understanding of the great need for us to live a life of faith. In fact, you called us in your word and you've told us a number of times the just shall live by faith. Teach us, Lord, to walk in the wisdom to do just that to live by faith in all that we say, all that we do, all that we carry out. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments. And Father, I ask that you'd speak to us now. Father, I ask that you'd tell us more about faith. You'd tell us more about what faith means, that you'd grow faith within us, and uh, that you'd grow us in maturity, Father. Father, I ask that we'd step out in faith, that we'd uh, trust you, that we'd trust in your love, that we'd trust in all that you've already done in our lives, and that we'd move forward in the confidence that you are who you say you are, and you are love. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you for being a part of our listening family. Uh, I want to continue to remind you that our email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to send to you articles that we often will share on the broadcast. And remember, the articles are meant to be tools for you to use uh, for the work of your own spiritual growth and discipleship, but also tools to use to help disciple and encourage your family in their walk with the Lord but tools to use to forward and share with others. They're both evangelism as well as discipleship tools. So please email us. We're glad to share them. And and we do appreciate, we often get people, we receive emails from people who are inquiring and asking for them. And we're grateful to be able to share them. Uh, Just, we do encourage you to always be mindful though that when you get them, please use them for you and your family. But as we often share with you, forward them on. Share them with family members, uh, co-workers, uh, fellow church members, others that you may know, because that's one of the ways we all can be fellow workers in the vineyard of the Lord uh, out, helping to uh, bring in the harvest for the kingdom of God. So again, that email, once again, joseph at afr.net. And if you if you think of, a uh, for example, an article that you've heard in the past that you forgot to email us, you're welcome to uh, email us and say, hey, can I get an article from the uh, broadcast? If you know the date, let us know. If you don't know the date, just give us the topic, and we can certainly uh, try to research to find the one you're inquiring about. But remember, that's a part of our goal, to put in your hands tools to help strengthen you and encourage you in your walk with the Lord, to help you to be a better equipped disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, a better equipped warrior on the battlefield of life as we build the kingdom of God and we tear down the kingdom of darkness. Today we're looking at the topic, faith, obedience, and the Christian life. And again, that topic, faith, obedience, and the Christian life. And as we look at the word of God and as we're kind of looking at that topic, I want to encourage you to be mindful of the fact that faith and obedience are very closely tied together. In fact, obedience is one of the expressions of faith. And sometimes believers, I think, fail to fully grasp that. Uh, it's One might even say that faith and, 
faith and obedience are two sides of the same coin. So as we're looking at the different passages of Scripture, we want to encourage you to really explore, uh, dig or pursue greater understanding about faith and how to put your faith to work. Remember, faith is not just a nice topic to study in Scripture. It's a topic that's super practical because as the Word of God lets us know in the book of Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So apparently faith and putting our faith to work is extremely important to every aspect of the Christian life. So once again, we want to look in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1, and we're going to share the entire chapter. And I want to encourage you to make it a goal to regularly read and meditate on Hebrews chapter 11. And one of the reasons why that would be wise is because every person mentioned or alluded to in Hebrews chapter 11 Each of their lives has a faith lesson for us to learn from. Every person mentioned. So again, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse uh, 1. But please remember, make it your goal to read and meditate on Hebrews 11 often. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived There by faith, for he was a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, 
they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to, to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death could not kill their firstborn sons. We'll pick up there on the other side, uh, continuing to read Hebrews 11. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the topic, Faith, Obedience, and the Christian Life. We'll be right back.
I think of Abraham How one star he saw had been lit for me He was a stranger in this land And I am that no less than he And on this road to righteousness Sometimes the of Rich Mullins with Sometimes by Step. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. We're looking today at the topic, faith, obedience, and the Christian life. And we were reading through the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, picking up once again at verse 21. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses When he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow... They were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would be too It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. 
Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning, some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Verses 1 through 40, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Father, thank you again for the powerful and the grace-filled and the light-filled and joy-filled chapter of Hebrews 11. Thank you for the many insights, the wisdom, the counsel, the, the strength that comes from and that helps to build our faith as we read and meditate on a chapter like this. Help us all to be wise enough to read and meditate often on Hebrews chapter 11 and thus help us to be wise enough to daily be believers who are committed to living in the school of faith and never graduating. Help us to always be seeking to learn better and better and more effectively how to implement our faith and to live our life of faith, thus living a life pleasing and honoring to you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, today we're looking at the topic, Faith, Obedience, and the Christian Life. And uh, again, Hebrews 11 is a great chapter to read and meditate on often. And remember, our goal is to live by faith. You know, the the phrase, the command of the Scripture that tells us the just shall live by faith is found a number of times in Scripture, Old and New Testament. And so it's it's a call for every believer of all time and in all circumstances and as Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 6 tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So apparently, faith is extremely important. In fact, one could say that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God, and you could call it the currency of heaven as well. Faith is very important to the Christian life. Well, what's the connection between faith and obedience? Well, again, obedience is an expression of faith. And so, As I mentioned earlier, uh, some might even say it's two sides of the same coin. We're to hear God's word and choose to obey it, choose to trust it and obey it. And so, yes, faith and obedience are critically tied to one another and seem to be just almost the same thing, if not the same thing. So, again, as we're looking further at the scriptures, we want you to keep that important truth in mind. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, a powerful account is found there that has some very important lessons about following God and putting our faith to work as well. Hebrews chapter 13, picking up uh, at verse 1, and before I read, I want you to know this is a critically, uh, critically important time in the history of the nation of Israel. It's a pivotal moment, moment in the history of Israel. Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They are poised to go. They're just about ready to go into the promised land. And the Lord uh, puts it on Moses' heart to send spies into the land. Well, we pick up the uh, the account of that instance here in Hebrews, excuse me, in Numbers 
chapter 13, starting at verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. These were the tribes and the names of their leaders. Reuben, Shemua, son of Zakur, Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori, Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph, Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun, Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu, Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodi, Manasseh, son of Joseph, Gadi, son of Susi, Dan, Amiel, son of Gamali, Asher, Sether, son of Michael, Naphtali, Nabi, son of Bafsi, Gad, Geuel, son of Machai. These are the names of the men Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses called Hoshea, son of Nun, by the name Joshua. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahab, near Libo Hamath. Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, all descendants of Anak, lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. When they came to the valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster. Because of the cluster of grapes, the Israelite men cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We enter the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people 
as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw are huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Verses 1 through 33, all of Numbers chapter 13. Once again, this is a powerful and a very pivotal chapter uh, to consider in the history of Israel. Again, now note, they were sent Uh, They were sent by Moses to go spy out the land, not to see whether or not they could take the land, but to go and see what they were going to face as they took the land. The, The question never was, go see if it can be done. God doesn't tell us to do things we cannot do. He calls us to do things that we can only do in his strength, in his grace, and in his wisdom. We're called to live by faith. And so, The 12 spies go, they search out the land and they come back. Ten of them come back with what Scripture refers to as an evil report. Why was it evil? Because they failed to trust God and trust his word. Two decided that with God's help, we can go in and conquer the land. Ten said they couldn't do it. Two said they could. And sadly, the majority of Israel chose to believe the ten spies. And they began to be very grieved and to mourn at the thought that they were brought out here and now thinking about they would die in the wilderness. How tragic, because remember this, the 10 who said they couldn't do it, they didn't do it. But the two who said, with God's help, we can do it, they did. Sadly, what took place was after um, the 10 came back with an evil report, you know, uh, they were punished uh, right away. But the fact is the majority of Israel believed the 10 spies, and so they decided they, they, don't, they didn't believe that with God's help they could go in and take the promised land at that point. And so sadly, God let them have what they said. The 10 who said we can't do it, didn't do it. But the two who said we can do it, they did do it. The two, Joshua and Caleb, who believed that with God's help they could conquer the land, they lived for the next 40 years, whereas all the Israelites, 20 years old and older, that were a part of that congregation other than Joshua and Caleb died in the wilderness before they got to go into the promised land. Why? They didn't believe that with God's help they could do it. But the two who believed they could with God's help, they did. They lived to go in and conquer the promised land. What are the critical, some of the critical lessons we can draw from this? Is that life is full of challenges that God lays before us, but he calls us to trust him and to go forth in victory, that with his help, we can do all he's called us to do. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking today at the topic, Faith, Obedience, and the Christian Life. We'll be right back. Outside the underdog in the fight of my life 
Is it so crazy to believe That you gave me the stars Put them out of my reach Call me the waters A little too deep Oh, I've never been So aware of my need You keep on making me see It's way beyond me Music of Toby Mac with Beyond Me. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic faith, obedience, and the Christian life. And uh, this is a topic that really should encourage and challenge every believer in all of the world because it's critical that we understand that Old and New Testament, God clearly calls us people to walk by faith. The Word of God tells us a number of times, the just shall live by faith. What is faith? Faith is trust and confidence in the powerful Word of God. And remember, God can be trusted. Well, again, we were looking at Numbers chapter 13, the powerful and pivotal story uh, account of when the Israelites sent 12 spies into the land. Moses sent 12 spies in to spy out the land. Their task was not to see whether or not they could do it. Their task was to go in and see what the challenges they would be facing as they went to do it. But it was never really a question whether or not they could do it per se because God was going to empower them and help them to do it. But again, they had to believe by faith that with God's help they could do that. And sadly, 10 spies believed that it was a nice land, a beautiful land, a wonderful place, but they felt like the, the giants are there. It's too difficult a task. We cannot take the land. They failed to trust God. They failed to believe God. And so sadly, they didn't accomplish what they were called to do. And so sadly, the majority believed the 10 spies who said, uh, we can't take the promised land. And so for 40 years, everyone 20 years old and older died in the wilderness wandering around. They didn't get to take the promised land. Why? Because they failed to put their faith in gear and trust God to go forward to do what he called them to do. Now, what a tragedy. And I think of this one of many important lessons to be drawn from this powerful account is, sadly, People can live much of their life wandering around when they fail to trust God and trust his word and his promises and put them to work in their lives. All of us have a calling and many callings in our lives. God calls us to do many tasks, many assignments, many important things in our lives. But the key is for us to read the word of God and choose to trust God and obey it. Remember, obedience is, you might say again, the other side of the coin of faith. You hear God's word, you trust and obey it. You hear his word and trust and obey it. God isn't going to tell you to do something that you cannot do. He is going to tell us and he's going to call each of us to do things that we can only do in his wisdom. 
his grace and in his strength. But clearly he will call things just uh, just kind of like the, the song, the selection we just heard from Toby Mac. He talked about things being beyond him, many things that may appear to be beyond us. And they're beyond us by ourselves. But with God's help, we are more than conquerors, more than able to do all he's called us to do. And this is an important truth and challenge for, yes, every person listening. There are things God is calling you and I to do that sometimes look like giants, look like huge tasks. And in our flesh and looking at ourselves, we tend to think, I don't see how in the world I can possibly do that. But remember this. Your and my carrying out the call of God upon our lives is much more critical than any of us realize. Remember, of all the millions of people all over the world, God has a unique calling on every believer's life. No two people have the exact same calling, and each of us is a gift to the body of Christ. And for us to fulfill all that God has called us to, we need to listen to the Word of God, listen to the Spirit of God, discern His calling, and live it out. And it's lived out by faith. It doesn't happen by itself. Remember, your Christian faith is kind of like a four-speed. You have to shift it into gear. It doesn't happen by itself. It's not like an automatic car. You just get in and drive. You have to shift it in gear. It's very important that we understand that every day is a day to put our faith to work. And so any and all of us, it's true for each and every believer. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. But also, again, it's important to understand that you have to shift your faith into gear. How do we put our faith in gear? Well, one of the ways is we choose to agree with God. One of the satanic strategies of the enemy is to try to get you to look at the circumstances you're in and agree that God's word doesn't apply in your given situation. Take Psalm 23, for example. Psalm 23 is a wonderful and a beautiful passage of Scripture, one of the most favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Word of God. It's a, a poem of sorts. It's a, a Hebrew hymn of sorts, but also it's a weapon. It's, a, a, it's wise for you to memorize Psalm 23, confess it over your life every single day, and remind God, Lord, I'm believing you, Lord, for every promise in this psalm. And expect that God will keep it. Now, again, as I said, one of the satanic strategies of the enemy is to try to get you to look at your circumstances and say, well, that's just not true in my life. Remember, that's what he wants you to think. That's what he's going to tell you. But you shouldn't agree with him. Remember, you're never wrong to agree with God. If God says it, you can stand on it and trust it. You should speak it and let God know, Lord, I'm trusting you for this to be manifested in my life. That's a wise way to approach the promises in God's word. Why? Because remember, life is a battlefield. The enemy doesn't roll over and play dead. The fact is the devil will come against you and come again. He'll try to he'll try to get you to not read and study and meditate on the word of God. He'll try to get you to not speak the promises of God's word and stand on the promises of God's word. Why? Because the devil cannot defeat the word of God. So his goal is to get you to forget the Word of God, to ignore the Word of God, to set the Word of God aside. Remember, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. It's your chief weapon in all of life. The devil wants you to not use it, to not stand on it, to not speak it. Spiritually speaking, one of the ways we implement and put the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit to work in our lives is by standing on it and speaking it. You know, in the natural, you pick up a weapon with your hand, your physical hand. Spiritually, typically, you put 
your weapon to work by speaking the word and putting your faith and trust in it. So we're wise to do that every single day. So remember, uh, again, you're never wrong to agree with God. And But a clear strategy of the enemy is to lie to us every day and tell us that's not true for you. That won't work for you. That's not going to work. Sadly, as you look at the powerful account in Numbers chapter 13, remember the 10 spies, they saw the land. They, saw it was, they thought it was a wonderful land. But they decided it's too tough a task to go in and conquer the land, and they didn't believe they could do it. Where did that thought come from? The enemy was speaking to their hearts and their minds, you can't do this, and they agreed with the enemy. How tragic. We are never to agree with Satan under any circumstances. You want to know what to agree with? Read the Word of God and stand on it. Let God know, Lord, this is what your word says. I believe your word and I'm standing on your word and I'm trusting you for it. And sometimes you have to stand, sometimes for hours, sometimes days, sometimes longer. But remember, you're never wrong to agree with God and to stand on his word. And sometimes it takes standing for a while. And remember, faith tries trust. The devil wants you to not be patient because sometimes he will try to hold back the answer For hours, days, weeks, months, sometimes he'll try to keep you from agreeing with God. But remember, sooner or later, you keep standing on the word of God, you and I will see victory. Why? The devil cannot defeat the word when we properly use it. He he, he cannot defeat the word. And our job is to use it and stand on it and keep on standing. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power in your word, the grace that rests upon your word. And thank you for the opportunity for us to, by faith, function every single day. Help us to take tools like Psalm 23 and to be wise enough to to confess Psalm 23 every day, not just to confess it as the beautiful poem that it is and beautiful psalm that it is, but help us to use it for the weapon that it is. Help us to take it and confess it and stand on it every day and believe, Lord, that every promise in your word that we're believing you, Lord, to bring to pass in our lives. Help us to speak, uh, again, weapons like Psalm 23 and Psalm 1, and help us to find the promises in your word and to speak them and stand on them. Thank you, Lord, for how that your Holy Spirit is always ready to take and bless us as we put our faith to work. Thank you for how that your angels are listening for believers to speak your word and stand in your word, and thank you for how that you use them to bring about the manifestation of the promises of your word as we simply stand on your word and keep believing your word. Help us to know, Lord, we're never wrong to agree with you. We're never wrong to stand with you and stand on your promises. Help us to be wise kingdom warriors who do that each and every day. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You know, I'm reminded of the fact that in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you want to grow your faith? You want your faith to increase? Again, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One more reason why it's so important to read and meditate on God's word every day is because that's how you strengthen and nourish and empower your faith more and more. Read and meditate on the word of God every single day. So for believers who say, well, I'm just so busy, I just don't have time. Remember this. Typically, you and I have time for what we want to do, what we choose to do. 
and we make time for what's important. And remember this, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. You know, we have time for what's first. The things we put first, we're always, we can always have time for those, the things that we put first. Put time in the word of God first in your day as you begin your day. Put time in prayer first. Do it early in your day. Put them first, and that's just a wise way to function. Thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity we have of being able to open your word every day and read and meditate on your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to spend time with you one-on-one as we read and meditate on your word. And thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to build and strengthen and grow our faith as we spend time reading and meditating on your word. Help us to be wise enough to daily build, nourish, and strengthen our faith. And help us to be a people that live by faith continually all the days of our life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we've been looking today at the topic faith, obedience, and the Christian life. And as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the very, very critically important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, we want to invite you. Would you please take the opportunity to make that step today? Would you pray this prayer with us and fully commit your heart and your life to the Lord today? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, Whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you, to connect with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please get in touch. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will begin to help you become the disciple and follower of Christ, the strong, vibrant follower that the Lord would have you to be. Again, joseph at afr.net. We definitely want to be in touch. Email us so that we can share that information with you. Again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today we were looking, we've been looking at the topic faith, obedience, and the Christian life. Just a reminder that uh, if you wanted to listen to a broadcast once again, you can always download the podcast at a later time. Or if you want to download it and share it with someone, download it and share it with your family at a later time. You certainly can do that. Go to AFR.net and download it after uh, airs, and you can get it and Use it however the Lord leads. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.